The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm on the A14 after watching Leicester City nil, Manchester United 1. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has been in charge for 10 matches. He's won 9 and drawn 1. I don't think anyone could have expected this. And I would reply to the Manchester City fan who contacted me after he was put in charge and said, after 10 games, you'll all be asking for Pochettino. But this Manchester City fan blocked me. Don't know who he is, but he blocked me. So uh, maybe if I put the tweet out tomorrow and other people can see that and can respond to it. Hard-fought win today. United started very well. Marcus Rashford should have scored in the fourth minute when he ghosted in after Luke Shaw put a crossing for him but he made amends uh, after nine minutes I think it was when Ricardo lost the ball gave the ball away to Paul Pogba gorgeous ball over the top to Rashford who controlled it well and put the ball in United sat back a little bit then Leicester have got good counter-attacking players they're a good side at home I thought they were good at Old Trafford in the first game of the season but they couldn't score and it's another win and those three points just lift everybody. United end was good throughout. It's one of the bigger allocations at Leicester and you get that big corner section and the same songs were being sung that have been sung over the last six, seven weeks about Ole being at the wheel. Uh, I wrote a piece on Matic, not because I thought he was stellar, I just thought he played well. I think he's a, a, adds a balancing effect to the team, he's reliable. He's played more outfield minutes than any player under Solskjaer. But then he played the same under Mourinho last year when a lot of people thought that he was Mourinho's man on the pitch. And this season under Mourinho, he had a bit of a tricky start. There were a few issues at the start of the season where he needed an operation and he had words with his manager. But I think he's been decent and one of those balancing players and teams need them. I see Sergio Busquets at Barcelona and he's one of my favourite players. He doesn't score, he doesn't need to score, he doesn't set up goals. And Matic brings and adds value to Manchester United. So I'm on my way back from Leicester. I'm with James Scowcroft. James has been a semi-regular on this podcast for a number of years. James used to play for Leicester City and he played hundreds of Premier League games as a striker. And he likes watching Manchester United uh, a lot. I said yesterday on Twitter that James and I will be talking and doing this this podcast. And I think I'll do the next one. I'll get the monkey bus back to Manchester after Fulham next week. But I invited questions in for James and I. And lots of you sent questions in. But before I move on to the readers' questions, James, what did you make of Manchester United a couple of hours ago against Leicester? Uh, I think job done is probably the way to describe today. Uh, they started well, got a good goal, and you think, here we go again, it's going to be comfortable. Could it be two, three, maybe four? Like you said, they they took a step back, almost became a little bit too complacent, complacent at times. And I just thought they lacked a little bit of direction in their play, which has been labelled at them sometimes. You know, recently it's been very direct. It's been, you know, into Pogba and then in, into the, the front players very, very quick. Um, you know, using the strength, using the pace they've got. And I just thought they kept the ball without really going in any direction. And all you need is one loose pass. And Leicester, like you saw a couple of years ago, 
can counter-attack as well as anyone in, in, uh, in the league. So at times, you know, they just had to... Uh, just got to be careful. And I think if there's one criticism that United at the moment where they need to go to the next level is, can they then go and kill teams off, which, which good teams can do. I know you keep an eye on all of your former clubs. I sensed a little bit of discontent among Leicester fans today with their manager... Claude Puel. I think they've won one in the last four or five matches now. Is that fair? I don't think it's fair, but then you, you know, I, I'm not a Leicester City matchgoer, so you, you can't really criticise the fans that go home and away and, and see it close hand. If you look at it from afar, they're comfortable in the league, they're mid table, which is probably their standing in the league. They've got a good young squad, they've got a lot of young players now, a lot of English young players, um, and I think they're they're slowly sort of finding themselves after winning the league and I think they probably know it'll never happen again but what they can do is uh, they can spend a bit of money they can get the young English players in like the Harvey Barnes the James Madisons and develop them and develop them and you know hopefully that they, they go on and they keep that cycle going so I actually thought they, they did okay today um, you know certainly one of the better teams I've seen against United you mentioned Barnes. I like him. He's a Burnley lad. He's a Lancashire lad. His father used to play for Burnley. And Chilwell as well. He's only 21 years old. So they're doing a lot right. But I suppose when your team have won the league, you can't help your expectations but, but rise a little bit. Where do you think United are going to be finishing in the league this year? Well, it's going to be a fight for them for, for fourth or fifth. You know, United have got a tough, tough few weeks coming up soon for them which will really be the acid test. And I think, you know, I, I noticed it a little bit today, a lot of these players with the World Cup, they're almost coming up to two years solid football. And I think that, that will catch up with them in the last couple of months. The same for all, all the sides. But I think that's, that's, you know, if you look at Pogba, he's played a lot of games, um, you know, and some of them who got to the latter stages of the, the World Cup as well. They will start to feel it the second half of the season. So... You know, I, th- I think it's a difficult one because I think when Oli rotates, they do lose something. They lose their sort of consistent momentum. I think Manchester United at the moment are a side where they get the best eleven, the best formation out. They're, they're a handful for anyone in the league. And unfortunately, to, for them to finish in the top four, they're going to have to keep that consistency and that best eleven. Oli's going to have to play. We've got questions which have been sent in from United We Stand uh, readers. Uh, and we also got told that Ricky Gervais has been asking or been asked the horse question, which people who are familiar with this podcast will know. I've no idea of the context of that. I'm sure someone will tell me. First question is from Glenn McCook. Uh, discuss the director of football if it happens and who would it potentially be? All gone quiet since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has come in. Do you want that or me? Well, a, di- a director of football ultimately is in charge of recruitment. Um, that, that will be the main sort of overseeing. That, that will be the, the big department, maybe dealing with contracts. I think the way every, every club's set up differently, um, and United have a, a, a model that it, it's run by a family who live in, in the States, you know, and Ed Woodward controls it. Okay. So it's all right employing a director of football, but if he's not going to have a say and he's not going to have much control, it's ultimately a waste of time. You know, at the moment they've got Jim Lawler and I think Matt Judge does the uh, the contracts um, in the UK and that's the model they use. So if you bring a director of football in, are you going to give him the power and which he needs, which is which is no point employing him? I just don't see that at United. I still think the decision-making chain will be Ed Woodward and then going over to uh, Florida to get the Glaciers' final seal on it. And I don't, I'm not sure a director of football is going to work at, at Manchester United at the moment. Uh, what I know was... Uh... 
and I wrote this in December 17. The club were looking to appoint a director of football operations, but that person was going to have no input into transfers. That changed at the start of this season, uh, where the club were looking to... Uh, what's he going to do then? In, in, looking to bring in a director of football. What's he going to do? He's going to be well, in if, the if position... He's in, if he's not in charge of transfers... No, what, no, no, he no. He, th- th- and what I'm saying is that would have changed. And by the start of this season, they wanted to bring someone in who would have influence in transfers would liaise with Ed Woodward would liaise with Jose Mourinho the problem was Jose Mourinho didn't want a director of football coming in because it weakened his position so what would the director of football do well the one the Spanish model would be he takes an overview he looks at bringing players in in a year or two's time he identifies those players he lets the manager pick the team and I've spoken to several. I met Jordi Cruyff a couple of weeks ago. He's worked in that role. And anyone who's read United We Stand will know that United can... His name certainly came up in the frame alongside other people. What's the latest? Well, when the team's winning all the time, everything like that just goes on to the back burner. I don't think United know who the manager's going to be next season, let alone the director of football. So if Ole Gunnar keeps on winning, he's going to get the job. Pochettino, if he comes in, well, he's used to working with a director of football because he worked with one uh, in Spain. I think he worked with one at Southampton as well. And so so that's where we're at. I think that is still up in the air. Uh, next question is for... Let's see what this is now. Uh, mushy or garden peas? Mushy. Go on. Neither. I like peas. Peas are spot on. Right. Don't need to be moody just because I've asked you which peas you like no, or you don't like. Just said, no, I said I don't like either. Why do you not like them? What's your beef with just, peas? Just never, never been into them. Good for you now. Yeah. Next question from Was. In your respective views, what is the minimum Solskjaer has to do to secure the job permanently? Does it have to be top four and quarterfinals of the European Cup? It seems quite high bar considering where the club was when he took over. Um, I think if he finishes in the top four, that will strengthen his case massively because it will be a very, very good achievement. You can add to that and beat PSG or win the FA Cup and play good football and keep doing as he's doing, then I think the job will be his. But I don't think there's one... I mean, if he wins the European Cup, you can't sack him, but I don't think Manchester United are going to win the European Cup because if they come up against Barcelona, I've been watching how well they've been playing. They've probably beat... Manchester United but I think top four would be definitely be put him in, in as a favourite for the job and it would also be a lot cheaper than paying a massive compensation clause to Tottenham firm Richo Pochettino what do you think James? Uh, I wouldn't look at results I wouldn't look at trophies either I'd look at him and thinking is he getting the best out of the squad he's got and at the moment, absolutely. And if he continues to do that, regardless of results and stuff like that, because but aren't results part of that? Because results all... are, and if you get the best out of them, you, you will win. But listen, United, United could have drawn today. They could have even got if a little bit of luck would have gone Leicester's way. Okay, so all of a sudden you're coming back and think, well, it's disappointing today. So you can't, you can't necessarily gauge results all the time he can win the FA Cup and maybe not play well and and the football fades away and United just get a little bit lucky and other teams haven't really taken the FA Cup seriously 
okay? I, I, I ultimately, the way to judge a manager, is he getting the best out of the players that he's got? And you can go up and down 92 league clubs and ask that question. It's quite simple. It's a very simple gauge. And at the moment, absolutely, he's getting the best out of those those players. I, I spoke last week to Wolves as assistant manager, and, and he was saying what you're saying, don't judge us by results. Unfortunately for him, fans do judge results. Because if you leave the game when your team's won, your mood is massively different to if the team's lost. You only need to hear that on these podcasts. Would have come out of the game today and United would have lost the fourth game on the bounce. That would be reflected in the mood among the fans. It would have been, but Manchester United's last manager was picked on results. It wasn't picked on his character, wasn't yeah. picked on his football, it was picked on results. And ultimately, history will say they probably got it wrong. We stopped getting the results. They were so far off the top of the league when he was sacked that those results weren't coming in, it wasn't good enough. What does Paul Ince have against Ollie? is Justin Taylor's question. Uh, I don't think Paul Ince has got anything against him. I think he's doing outspoken media work and pissing a lot of people off, which the people paid him to do those columns probably like, because he's being a bit of a pantomime villain. And I don't think there's much love lost from a lot of United fans towards him. That said... We did a big interview with Paul in United We Stand last year where I thought he was brilliant. I sat down with him for two hours. He put his side of the story across. Uh, he's got his absolute solid arguments over why he left the club, why he joined Liverpool. And he stands by all the things he said. And that doesn't fit into the pre-prejudiced conditions of a lot of fans, but Paul is, is his own man. That was an excellent player for Manchester. He was a great player, Ince. He was a great player. And I know that other people share his view that you know you, you are actually allowed to go against Ferguson. You you are allowed to have a different opinion. And Paul's always spoken his mind, but oh, people have got a massive beef with him because he played for Liverpool. He did explain. Was this, did he do a badge kiss or something in front of the cop? He explained that, and uh, he's got his side of the story. But I think he's caught up a little bit in a clickbait cycle where he's speaking to people and pulling out headlines and I did see the thing where he said anyone could do what Ollie Gunner's doing I don't think he meant it nastily but what there will be Andy there'll be a lot of ex-players thinking that could be me yeah but it isn't no it, and it isn't but they'll that, that will that will niggle away at a lot of people now that's life you know we can all say that but Phil Golson next question does Fred have an ongoing role to play in United's new look or do we chalk him up as being the DeLorean sitting in our garage, which nobody wants to drive? Uh, I think he has a role to play. It's not worked for him so far, but they're not going to ditch a 52 million quid player after six or seven months. He's going to get chances. And he's adapting to a new country, a new style of football. It's easy to feel for him, but I've spoken to him. He's a very nice lad. He's been learning English, and I hope things work out for him. He's not immature like... Um, Cleberson admitted that he was when he came to England uh, he's not a joker like Anderson was although Anderson was playing a lot more and I'd love it to work out for him at the moment things don't look good for him but you could have said the same thing about Lindelof when he first started out at United and other players as well what's your take on Fred James? Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a difficult one isn't it I probably haven't seen enough of him to say he's got a future or write him off really it's, it's one of those that 
football does have a habit when players are, are written off that if you just keep going and going and going, you will get an opportunity. When your opportunity comes, if you take it, Lindelof's a prime example where he was written off. You know, it, it can change very quickly. Two questions here on a possible development of Old Trafford from Paul Kane and Average Dan. Any news on developing the South Stand and Barca are about to extend Camp Now? Because I put the tweet out for questions from Camp Now. Uh, thoughts on United and Old Trafford? Well, I've, ri- I've written a lot about this. Uh, I've seen plans for Old Trafford to be redeveloped, but those plans haven't come close to being realised yet. They will cost a lot of money. And the final say is with the Glazers. Old Trafford started fraying a little bit around the edges two or three years ago. There's been no major investment since 2006, apart from the boxes. But in the 15 years before that, uh, in fact, going back to 92, the stadium was virtually rebuilt. So in terms of definite hard news, no. Do I think it will happen? Inevitably. Especially when you see that United's main rivals... On a global scale, Madrid, they're doing their ground. Barca are doing theirs. But Barca was supposed to break ground in 2017. That keeps going back and back. Camp Nou is going to hold 105,000 to be fully covered. And then you see Tottenham's new stadium. It's, it's fantastic if it ever opens, but it will do, obviously. And But it is Old Trafford, you know. There's a lot of, a lot of people feel that it's home and it is home and... I've not seen anyone say that the club is going to move from Old Trafford. What about if England got awarded a World Cup? What about if England got awarded a World Cup? Well, would there be finances where a lot of the stadiums would, you know, some of them are, it's hard to upgrade them, but would Old Trafford, Old Trafford would, would stage games? There's obviously money whenever a country is awarded a national uh, major competition. I don't think there's that type of money. If you look at the development of Old Trafford, the United Road cantilever went up in 65 ahead of the World Cup. The North Stand went up in 95 ahead of Euro 96, but the type of development now at Old Trafford is major because they've done all the relatively cheap stuff. You've now got a build above the South Stand and there's different ways of doing it and the technology does exist from an engineering perspective, or so I'm told, to do it, but you're still looking at hundreds of millions of pounds to do it. United sell the ground out at the moment. It's nice having a demand there. Madrid don't. Madrid's crowds have come down 12% in the last two years. Barca, I've been in camp now when there's been 50,000 people. It holds 98,000, so that's that. Next question, Tony Farhey. When is Steve Armstrong coming back on the podcast? Uh, when Steve wants to come back on the podcast. Um, he's very popular, does a great job when he's doing the, the podcasts. And he will be back. Uh, to get involved in them um, whenever he wants to uh, he's just not been going to games as much recently but as soon as he's back and he's been still the right for United we stand I'm sure he'll be uh, involved in the podcast next question next question uh, do you think Lukaku will be sold in the summer will Woodward be trusted to get the managerial appointment right for the third time James Lukaku I think it looks like he's he's heading out of Old Trafford I think his body language at the moment is not really helping himself um, I, I actually backed Lukaku last season I thought he, uh, he 
he brought a lot of positives to the team and I thought he had a difficult job at times and he hung in last season, he hung in and hung in and overall had, a, had an OK season, had a, a reasonable season but I think this year, even when he come on and sub today, he's, his impact is limited, he, he seems shot of confidence, um, I think he's a player that they could move but obviously they're not going to get the money back and his wage is going to be a problem so it'll be a difficult one but I, th- I think it's a long way back for him. I think it's going to be difficult for him to get in the team unless injuries or suspensions give him a chance. Uh, I don't think there's a strong intention to sell him in the summer at the moment, but he could become part of a deal with another player. I think he had a good first season. He's just had a pretty rough season this year. Can I make a suggestion? Can make a suggestion. I would swap him with Anatovic at West Ham. I'd go and get Anatovic if I (laughs) How old's Anatovic? question I don't know off the top of my head late 20s yeah but I think he's got excellent feet if you play it into him in the final third he'll keep the ball for you and he's got he's got a little bit of pace he can score a goal I just think he's he's got the ability and he's got the qualities to play in a good side next question Adam Dickin with the derby next month due to move due to the FA Cup it may mean we play City late in the season could mean beating them hands Liverpool the title how would Oli approach it uh, I think you would approach it to win every game I think that's what managers should do James um, certainly what managers should do what do I think I think you should let City win if it means Liverpool don't win the league most United fans definitely don't want Liverpool to win the league even if it means City winning the league rocking a hard play stuff uh, another question from Warren is it really now or never for Pochettino surely if United went for Solskjaer and he failed by then Pochettino will either still be at Spurs or possibly have joined and left Madrid who are hardly the most stable of clubs he could come after Solskjaer he could do and I think the word never in football is just impossible because things change so quickly and well, I've, I've said my thoughts on Solskjaer keeping the job. Um, Pochettino, does he go to Madrid? Does he stay at Spurs? Does he become top, top-level manager? And he's not won anything yet, has he? James? No, he hasn't won anything. Um, but if you look at Tottenham's wage bill compared to most other teams in the top four, he's doing unbelievably well to, to compete with clubs that have got double the money that he's yeah, got. Yeah, he has. Um, fair play to him. Yeah. which you do have to applaud really that, that he's done that and he's he has built a good side he's developed players as well um, I think it'll be hard if they, if they don't go for him to come back in 12 months time and almost say oh, we got it wrong can you because I think he'd probably have the hump a little bit and think well he didn't fancy me 12 months ago so why should I come now so I, I think it is now or never for him um, a couple of his players have wanted to come to United. I'm going to put this in the next United where you stand. They've made contact as well with the club. Uh, not recently, but there's definitely been, been will there. Next question from Paul Brooks. Are you popping to China to see Fellaini make his debut? No, I'm not. Although I think United are going to play in Shanghai in the summer. That's not yet been made public. Uh, Fellaini's an interesting one. He didn't thank the fans in his farewell message. And can you blame him? Because a lot of the fans... Didn't really warm to him, gave him a bit of stick. He was a trier, he had his moments. I wrote a piece 
saying that. He had some decent games, but he also became a microcosm for Manchester United in the post-Ferguson era because a lot of people just didn't think he was technically good enough to play for Manchester United. James? No, I agree with that. I think it's hard to, to criticise him because I think he, he did the best he could and he got on with it. He was very quiet. We got about his business very well. And and I think you, what it's not just about being what's what happens on the pitch there's a lot that we don't see that happens behind and you know if you if you've got a dressing room that's changing a lot and there's a lot of transition going on players are coming and going you do need your three or four really good solid good lads in the dressing room that you know are professional know that they'll do the right things and I think you know picking up on things and just reading little things I think Flaney was one of those who was who was a good pro was a good person to have around the place it goes a long long way I've seen players carry on at clubs for five or six years you know without really sort of playing because the owner doesn't want to let him go the manager doesn't want to let him go there are good professionals around that and they do set set the standards and limits Giggs Moyes Van Hal and Mourinho all rated him rated him as what? they rated him they thought they could do a good job that he followed instructions that he was dependable and maybe these are Qualities. Maybe these are qualities should be a given for a Manchester United player, but they didn't. They didn't try and bin him off. Mourinho really liked him. Uh, that tells you why he was at the club and why he was given a, uh, a second contract. It's you know ultimately is he, is he going to take Manchester? It's right liking someone. Is he going to take Manchester United? To well, the they next played level? him. Yeah, but they played him because they didn't have anybody else. Is he going to take Manchester United to the next level? No, he's not. But there's still players at the club. Are, gonna, are they going to take Manchester? No, they're not. Next question from Gareth McGibbon. Um, do either of you believe Oli's success is giving the board a free pass uh, for their ineptitude football-wise? James? Well, you know, up and down the country, there's not many people on the board who've got A licence and pro licence coaches sitting on the board. You know, they're, they're business people, ultimately, that, that don't always understand the game. So that's that's very, very similar to a lot of clubs. Um you know, I, th- I think football always speaks for itself. Like today, you say, you know, talking about results. You know what Ollie has done. He doesn't need to do a press conference. Doesn't need to speak to the, the the nine wins out of ten speaks for itself. And I think that's that's the language that everybody wants to talk in. You know, they want to they want to hear Manchester United won a game. And then, if you win football, Andy, it masks a multitude of things yeah. behind the scenes at a football club. And I think. You know, as an ownership, and have had a turbulent time in the last four or five years, it must be bliss for them at the moment to not pick up the paper, not have a phone call that somebody said this or someone's fallen out, and you know, having to control internal things that you shouldn't really have to do. I looked at my inbox from start of December, and there's people urging that we start protests against the club, and all that's just stopped now because the team's winning. Exactly. But the fundamentals haven't really changed. No. They won't do. Um, that's 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 life. If you're successful in life, you don't really look too too deeper where it's coming from. And Manchester United just want to see their their team win and score goals. And that's all the fans want to see. But when that stops, and it will stop, and it has stopped, things will be questioned. And you know, you know, football fans are almost like the 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 shareholders almost so you know they make the directors and the owners accountable okay you have control you earn the money but we'll make you accountable and rightly so 
Do you think Sanchez has got a bright future at Manchester United? No. Why? No. I don't know. I, I, for some unknown reason, I thought it was excellent at Arsenal and I thought it was a, a good sign-in. You know, like Mourinho said early on, he thought he was his decision-making in the final third would help the team. I just, I just don't see that. I don't see his decision-making has helped the team. Um, and I thought even thought today that he does a couple of things and you think, go on them, but then it, it just, that go on doesn't happen. It, it doesn't, and he sort of turns and then plays the ball back or doesn't seem to really hurt teams, be a goal threat, go past. But, you know, Martial, when Martial came on, he got in behind defenders, you know, with his runs, with his pace, with his technique, with his skill. And Martial, at the age that he is, you know, it could be anything. And I think you have to be careful that you, you don't have a player that stops somebody's pathway. When, when you've got a young player like Martial, you have to have an open pathway for him. That's why I think Sanchez uh, needs to make way. Which positions do you think United should be looking to strengthen in the summer? Um, definitely need a right back. Yeah. Seen any good ones about? Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, really. Um, Fergie said they're like, what was it? They're a good fullback's rare. The there's, there's a kid at Crystal Palace, one Bissaka. Yes, was, he played well against United a year ago. Yeah, he's growing and growing. Is he good enough in possession? I'm not sure. He's, he's, he's a lad I've seen quite a lot over the last few years. Um, what you have to do it's very very hard to go and get a player and from day one he hits the ground running I think you almost have to grow somebody into the into the role really and I think United have missed that in the last couple of years because you've still got the experience of Ashley Young where he can come in and you know when, when the players have a bit of a bad time a little bit like Luke Shaw Luke Shaw's grown into his I think Luke Shaw's gone about his business where maybe United could get a better left back but it's not a a number one Priority. target yeah Central defender. Yeah, they obviously do need a centre defender. Um, again, it's a difficult one. Um, you, you know, you either go for somebody who's the finished article, um, or again, you have to take a chance on somebody who's who's a little bit untried and, and will get better and better. And what about Ander Herrera? He's been playing well, hasn't he? He's about to hopefully sign a new contract. And we'll be interviewed in the next United We Stand. Hopefully, it's all agreed. He's been playing well because he barely featured. I worked it out last week. He played 89 minutes of the first 10 league games. And in the last 10, he's played 850 minutes, 10 times as many minutes. Yeah, I think, I think if you look at him and you look at his physicality, he's always struggled to sort of get beyond sort of 10, 15 days games on the in a row really he's always come out of the side and gone back into the time he's on a great run at the moment I I thought of Wembley a couple of weeks ago when they played Spurs it was possibly his best performance I've seen him play at a for United shirt so you know and what, what you have to look at as well is that he knows Manchester United Football Club now he knows what it's like to you know to, to play for the team play week in week out on the in the pressurised environment that is that is Old Trafford and I think he's learned to handle that as well OK so we're driving well away from Leicester now next game is at Fulham they're struggling United should be winning that should do they're, uh, they've been very very poor this year how's they're, Ryan Sessignon done? But, uh, he's been very average actually for, for a lad that did very very well the last couple of years looked like he would come into the championship and do do really well he's not had the season that 
maybe he thought he would Fulham wanted him to have and, and other people thought he would have I've seen a little bit of Fulham this year Mitrovic can be a handful on his day um, I quite like Seri in midfield the lad they got from uh, I think it's from Nice People have um, been talking to me about Tom Kearney for a number of years is he good? He was good in the Championship but he's another one that hasn't really stepped up to the plate in the Premier League you know, I actually think if way Fulham went around their business where they ripped up a promoted side and tried to rebuild a Premier League side was a huge gamble and it's a gamble that's backfired on them. They're going down? Yes. Huddersfield going down? Yes. Cardiff City going down? Yes. Pretty definitive three, yeah? Yeah. Who's going to win the league? Tottenham. It's a question I don't really want to answer. Do you think Tottenham can win the league? No. They're only four points behind Liverpool. Liverpool always Liverpool mess always up. Rock. Mess up. Not won the league for 29 years, James. Can you remember Liverpool winning the league? I can. I can remember it quite vividly. And in my childhood, they still win it quite regularly. And the law of averages say you're going to win it once every 30 years, and it's so like I do believe that it probably will be their turn. I'm not going to finish on that note. No, but you asked me, can they win the league? I've just answered the question. Right. Prior. So let's think of something to finish on a more positive note then. Man United win the league next year. Ah, leap of faith for me at the moment, but I think it's still very early for Solskjaer. But the signs are looking really good. Let me ask: Will Solskjaer get the job? Well, I, don't, I don't. I don't want any. Well, if he does this, he does it. I want a yes or no. Will Oli Solskjaer be the manager mid-August when the first game of the season? Yes or no? Yes. And I was asked the same question the other, no, other day on go. Irish radio, and I said yes. Right. Right. And I might be wrong, but you know. I don't want to hear about Irish radio, I just want a yes or no. Well, you've given a yes. What do you think? Yes. All right, there you go. Thanks for your time. Pleasure. United We Stand and Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. The only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.